this man took billions of dollars of his money. Yes. And billions of dollars in debt mm-hmm. to buy a not profitable company that has not done shit for a long time, mm-hmm. that has lost its footing mm-hmm. to Snapchat, to, to Meta, to Instagram. Mm-hmm. They have not been successful. Whatever the fuck they've been doing, their original CEO, Jack Dorsey, stepped away. The board was all fucked up. Mm-hmm. The whole company was in disarray. He buys them anyway. Why should he come in there and expect these people to do good work? He's saying, look, if you're going to do good work, stay fine. He's At least he's giving them the option. Mm-hmm. Granted, this is after he laid off 50% of the staff. It went from <laughs> 7,500 employees and like 2,900 employees. Right. But, okay, fine. You probably said, okay, whoever's left, you're supposed to be the performers. Right. I want you to commit to the performance. Yeah. I think they I think they were, but I mean, continuing to crack the whip like this and like... Let me crack the whip. He's... He's the, this. This is what he's done at Tesla. I'm just saying. This like, is what he's done at other SpaceX. Way- Can you argue with the results? Hello, friends, and welcome to the Higher Standard Podcast, where we give you ultra premium, unfiltered truth when it comes to building your wealth and curating the lifestyle of your dreams. No games, no drama, and no shenanigans. I am your host, Chris Nahibi, and I'm here to help you distill the immense amount of information and disinformation out there on the interwebs and give you the opportunity to choose a higher standard for yourself. There are no gurus here, and no one gives a damn about how wealthy you look. I'm an attorney and a banker, amongst other things. Does that mean you should listen to me? Hell no. This is just full disclosure that while we talk about money, wealth, law, investing, and a lot of related topics, you should always speak to your own advisors for an opinion tailored to your unique investment perspective. I am obligated to tell you that nothing contained in this show is in fact legal or investment advice and is being provided solely for entertainment purposes. So sit back, relax your mind, and get ready for a different kind of podcast where we elevate your baseline in crispy, high-resolution audio. This isn't a different standard. It's the higher standard. Cryptocurrency is getting kicked in the ding-ding, baby. It's the higher standard. I am Chris Nahibi. That over there is Saeed Omar. Welcome to the show, everybody. That's right. We're going to stop asking you for reviews. Because y'all ain't listening. Y'all ain't listening. But I'm not going to stop asking you to subscribe, whether that's on Apple or on Spotify. <laughs> such a whore. <laughs> All right. So following up on the last episode you may have heard or listened to, and we talked on pretty much every episode recently about cryptocurrency in some form or fashion. Mm. Obviously, there's a big cryptocurrency episode that dropped. But there is so much good stuff coming out about FTX's downfall. And I look, if you're not a crypto fan, all good. Right. But you should hear, just just for the, this is like TMZ for financial well, stuff. Well, this, this is reality TV at its finest. Oh, this is so good. So this from an article from Bloomberg Law, okay? Mm. So this is not TMZ, but it's just as good. Okay? <laughs> yeah, exactly. FTX's new boss reveals chaos left behind by Bankman Fried. I mean, first of all, shout out to this guy for taking the job. Jesus Christ. Well, chap- you, chapter 11 bankruptcy, key- because in chapter 11, I think the trustee probably assigned a new CEO. And this guy happens to be the guy who was the guy who unwound the liquidation of Enron. Oh, so he's he's familiar with fucked up situations. Yeah, he knows some fucked up stuff. Yeah. And yeah, you, yeah. He, so I, we typically don't read full articles to you on the show. Right. Especially because Said has no attention span and I clearly can't read well. Yeah, it just goes right over. Yeah, it's just not, not so good. But this one is entertaining enough to keep me reading well and Said actually caring what I have to say. All right, let's go. All right. Advisors overseeing the ruins of Sam Bankman-Fried's FTX group laid bare a stunning list of allegations against the company's former leadership Thursday, slamming non-existent oversight and the misuse of client funds as they struggle to locate billions of missing assets. Mm. You know, guys, we lost a couple billion dollars there somewhere. We don't know where it went, but we're going to find it. Yeah, exactly. That's the way to gain some trust back. I, I don't, I'm, dude, wait till you get through this. You're going to hear some, some more of this and you're going to be like, what the fuck was going on over there? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I got a cherry on top for the end after this article is done. So if you want to skip me, don't skip this one. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Skip the next topic where Saeed's talking a lot. No, no, skip no, that no, one. no, no. Okay, go. All right. This is a quote. Never in my career have I seen such a complete failure of corporate controls and such a complete absence of trustworthy financial information. John J. Ray III. Baller name. John J. Ray the third, dog. Yeah. That guy's a baller. The group's new chief executive officer who formerly oversaw the liquidation of Enron Corp said in a sworn declaration submitted in bankruptcy court. And this guy, 
So this guy goes in. I almost think he's been at, you know, maybe a a Warren Buffett, Berkshire Hathaway type scenario, got really like close to Charlie Munger and was like, yeah, he's right. <laughs> he certainly feels some type of way about all this. Yeah, yeah, but he's he's, he's taking control of it now. So I, I, I don't know. I don't know how he's going to turn the ship around. Oh, he doesn't know either. Yeah. <laughs> he made that very clear. So again, quoting from compromised system integrity and faulty regulatory oversight abroad to the concentration of control in the hands of a very small group of, you ready for this? Mm. Shocker. Inexperienced, unsophisticated, and potentially compromised individuals. This situation is unprecedented, he added. You gave a bunch of 30-year-olds who were polyamorous mm. in a penthouse in the Bahamas billions of dollars of somebody else's money and investor money, and you're like, y'all have a good time. Let me know how that goes. We don't want a board seat. We trust you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Let us know. Just, just keep bringing those returns in. But keep in mind that during this time, they were 20-year-olds. Yeah, yeah. 2017 was <laughs> yeah, like how yeah. the research started. So this is all sorts of sideways, but now here's where the fun begins. Mm. You ready? Yeah. I'm feeling warmed up. Oh, let's go. That was your aperitif. Yeah, there you okay. go. Get the palate cleanse. All right. Let's jump into the good stuff. Documents depict a freewheeling crypto enterprise devoid of virtually every policy and practice that would be the norm for almost every other corporation. What's more, there may likely help fuel any criminal and regulatory action against Bankman Fried with FTX already facing a probe by U.S. prosecutors. That's right. Mm. The decentralized, unregulated world of cryptocurrency might come down because he might get charged anyway <laughs> for things like, I don't know, wire fraud, which right. I guess is not really wire fraud, but it's just weird. Right. So they're looking into him. It's all sorts of sideways. Bankman Fry didn't immediately respond to a request seeking comment. Shocker there. Although he has been on phone calls where you could hear the beach in the background, the waves crashing in the background. Right. Talking to people. Even in saying, my lawyers told me not to talk to people, but fuck my lawyers. That's a quote from what he has said to people about. And he's he's been like almost nonchalant about it. He knows he made a mistake. Yeah. But he's trying to dig himself out of it. Like, like he can keep the Ponzi scheme going. Right, right. And Chris, why do you keep calling it a Ponzi scheme? We'll get there, kids. Okay. Don't worry. We'll get there. <laughs> All right. The slipshod record keeping and lack of organization will make it even more challenging for scores of FTX advisors working around the clock to recover billions of dollars of customers that our customers are owed. Ray pulled no punches in the declaration calling Bakeman Fried's recent public statements erratic and misleading. In their attempts to round up FTX's cash, advisors have told financial institutions to freeze withdrawals and reject any instructions from Bankman Fry. Their former CEO yeah. is still giving people instructions. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's uh, yeah, it was my company. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna need you to go ahead and transfer some more money over to Alameda. It, it's so good. It's it's so good. <laughs> so advisors have located only a fraction of the digital assets that they hope to recover during the chapter eleven bankruptcy race said they've so far secured about $740 million of cryptocurrency and offline cold wallets, a storage method designed to prevent hacks. Basically, it's holding it in a USB flash drive where nobody's going to get access to it. That $740 million is pretty short of tens of billions. Yeah, th this next one's hilarious. Ready? Can you read it straight? The company's audited financial statements, some of which were done by a firm that touted itself as the first CPA to open an office in the metaverse. <laughs> Should not be trusted, Ray said. Shocker. Yeah. Advisors are working to rebuild balance sheets for FTX entities from the bottom up, he added. So there was no, there's nothing. They, they didn't have anything that was reliable. Not balance sheets. No one. Not like statements, not software. Mm -hmm. This is just a bunch of polyamorous people with a bunch of money having a good time for a long time. Right. <laughs> We're the first CPA to open an office in the metaverse. Come see us anytime yeah. you like. That, that worked out real well. By the way, that sound you heard in the background is say, not muting his phone. <laughs> <laughs> FTX did not maintain centralized control of its cash and failed to keep an accurate list of bank accounts, not even the list of bank accounts and account signatories or pay sufficient attention to the creditworthiness of banking partners, according to Ray. Advisors don't yet know how much cash the company had when it filed for bankruptcy, but have found about $560 million attributable to various FTX entities so far. They just found it. They just wow. found it. What is... <laughs> Unbelievable, man. The amount of work this guy has on his plate. Oh, this is great. The company's record keeping was so lax, Ray said, that advisors have been unable to prepare a complete list of who worked for FTX Group as the as of the petition date, the terms of their employment. They don't even know all the names of their employees. Bro, imagine coming into this, figuring out like where do you start? <laughs> you know, it's you so don't good. You, you don't even know where to begin. You don't even know where to begin. 
Shout out to this guy for taking the gig. I mean, he's got to get in a lot of, you know, hopefully some hazard tax. FTT tokens. Yeah, definitely not FTT tokens. <laughs> Among a, other alarming claims in the filing, software was allegedly used to conceal the misuse of customer funds. Alameda Research, Bankman Fried's trading firm, was secretly exempt from some of the aspects of FTX.com's trading policies, and a single unsecured group email was used to access private keys and sensitive data around the world, according to court documents. Ray also noted that lasting records of decision-making are hard to come by. Mm. Bakeman Fried often communicated through applications, which we now know as Signal, right. that auto-deleted in short order and asked employees to do the same. So he gave instructions to employees to do shit, and yeah. then the, the records were gone, and he wanted it that way. So this is, and this, these are the types of things that make me so... That's a Ponzi scheme. That yeah, is a Ponzi scheme. That's a Ponzi scheme. It makes me so skeptical of this entire industry, right? Okay, you can prove that there's a blockchain. There's still things that can happen on the back end that you were so unaware of. How are other companies going to now build the trust back up? This dude had his name on the the was the stadium or whatever the hell it was, the arena in in Miami. Yeah, I mean he was Tom Brady was his homie. Yeah, exactly. I mean Shaq's named in the complaint. I mean every it's like holy shit. Well, I know that's something that I wanted to get into too. I mean all all these celebrities are now personally named. Everyone from Larry David to Tom Brady to. Steph Curry to Shaq. You lend your celebrity status to people, even if you get paid or not. That's an endorsement, bro. Right. You're on the hook for that. You, exactly. I mean, granted, I'm sure there's a lot that's going to unwind here, but you think you didn't? You thought it was a Ponzi scheme up until this point? Let's get to the next paragraph. You ready? Yeah. Look at me when I say this to you. I want you. To, I want you to look at me. Ready? Corporate funds for FTX Group were used to buy homes and other personal items for its employees. Ray said. Some of the real estate was recorded in their personal names of employees and FTX advisors, he wrote. And the company's disbursement controls were not appropriate for a business. Translated loosely, they were like, yeah, give me a check. Okay, here you go. Yeah. <laughs> it, goes, it goes on and on and on, but I, I'm not going to read the, entire, the entirety. But I will say this is hilarious. For example, employees of the FTX group submitted payment requests through an online chat platform where a disparate group of supervisors approved disbursements by responding with personalized emojis. Yeah. That's how you got checks paid. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Thumbs up. Thumbs up. Yeah, yeah, you got it? All right, cool. Thumbs up. It's all sorts of messed up. And just when you thought it couldn't get any worse, there is more. Mm. There is more. A footnote in the documents indicate Alameda Research Limited, a subsidiary of the crypto trading house, had lent $1 billion to Bankman Fried. And more than five hundred million to FTX co-founder Nishad Singh as of September thirtieth. And there's and they're unable to find out where that money went. Don't, I have no idea. The financial reports detailing the transactions were unaudited, produced while Bankman Fried controlled the business, and Ray emphasized that he does not have confidence in their accuracy, meaning it's probably more money than that. Dude, you know what's scary about all of this is if you really think about it, that balance sheet that got leaked. Mm -hmm. What if that never got leaked? Where would this still be going? Oh, we, we, we would be here eventually. This, is, this was untimely. I don't know, man. I think about how much money that he donated. You know, as He a, was like well, the fourth or no, he's like the fifth largest donor. Mm -hmm. per, uh, individual donor. What was it 30 some million? Yeah, it was over $30 million. Yeah, over $30 million. And of, some, of everybody else's money. Of everyone else's money, yeah. right? Ask yourself, why was he donating that money? Because he, he knew. Well, I think, he, I think what he was trying to do was find a way to get his platform to be legal here in the states yeah. right event i mean think about it. he has the celebrities he was paying he was paying off the politicians right so what what was the natural next step if that balance sheet never got leaked i mean well, that's what he was doing he was politicking he, when he, he was could be on his way he could be on his way to be the next warren buffett just like the articles used to say <laughs> oh come on man, <laughs> bro i'm just I mean, look something had to give right obviously like the policies and procedures weren't in place and eventually it was going to crumble but i'm saying if it was a little bit better some better policies and procedures and they had some people from like this was so reckless though i mean it was it, unbelievably at least with like madoff yeah madoff ran a company like a normal company and then had like a group carved out that only worked on certain parts and he only ran certain things i mean so it looked like a company it operated like a company but obviously the money was was wrong and the balance sheets and the numbers were wrong right this didn't even operate like a company the 10 individuals who ran it they were they were I mean, so uh, today an yeah. anonymous insider came out Mm -hmm. This is November 17th as we're recording this. Yeah. And they said that they were in the house and they have a sex tape of Sam Bankman-Fried mm -hmm. and the CEO of Alameda, the girl, 
that he took from Jane Street, who ran that, who they, they, it's been clear they've had some kind of relationship, but they're not together now. Right. Well, it turns out they were polyamorous. Like they, they had, they were all like swinging, like multiple people in the relationship. But he's got a video of these two sex tape. And this insider, anonymous insider, FTX, has now threatened to release it if, well, what does he, what does he want? He wants Sam Bankman Fry brought to justice, but he's threatening to release it by tomorrow. Oh, wow. On a website that's like anonymous and like, it, 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 there's a whole explanation out there on the internet. Right. I'm going to be honest with you. I want to see it. Yeah. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> I, I, do. I don't want to see it. I, I want no part of that. I, 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 I am, call me morbidly like curious. I, yeah. I just, I want to see it. I want to, I want to know. <laughs> I mean, I'm not expecting like good times or anything, but you know, it's, it's like a, like a car accident. You just got to watch. Yeah. You got to watch. If you can't stop it, you might as well watch it. I don't know, man. This this is every day more and more keeps coming out. And it's like we feel like we covered it all. And then there's just more stuff that you have to cover. Oh, so much coming out. And then I did get an anonymous source with a tip, which I, we can't we can't really say if we're not supposed to talk about it or not. It was very ambiguous. It, it was very, very ambigu- ambiguous. Yeah, very... I, we, just, we just can't release the source, I think. Uh, Maybe. We don't know. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's very, <laughs> it's very, it's, it's very confusing. Yeah. So maybe I should read that part of it first and then say, well, if we got it wrong, maybe we got it right. I don't, I don't know. Right. Or maybe we're just terrible human beings. Is that what it is? I think so. Right there. All right. So the anonymous source said, info is certain you can't share. So he believes can't is a typo, which is convenient. <laughs> don't tell who is your source. Uh, if they're going to say, if they're going to say you can't share it, dot, dot, dot. Don't tell who is your source. Obviously, if I'm not sharing it, I, I'm not going to be telling anybody about anything. Maybe it was like redundancy. Like, you can't share this, and you can't tell people who your source is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ex- All uh, right, so this is a secret between us and you, okay? Yeah, yeah just between us it's and us. the 18 listeners. It's 18 of us. I mean, how many? How many, I mean, how many other? I mean, really? And I'm pretty sure like a couple of those are repeat listeners. That they listen from like, their kids. Right, both, like, right. Device. Husband and wife, they're yeah. both listening. I mean, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. At the same time. There you go. Yeah, okay. So the U.S. Department of Justice is investigating Binance. Over money laundering and breach of Iranian sanctions. Mm. In a few days, an announcement is coming regarding a giant leap in the investigation. CZ, Binance's CEO, is in danger. Democrats helping fuel the war in retaliation of the induced collapse of FTX. Mm-hmm. The same Democrats that Sam Bankman Fried had donated a lot of money to. A lot of money. Yeah, I mean, so I also heard our boy. Dr. Doom. Dr. Doom. Yeah. Who you referred to as a nerd with a cool name, which is kind of messed up. He's a, bro, what why is nerd a derogatory term? That's cool. I wish I was a nerd. I don't know that it's always a good term. It depends. If you're smart like a nerd, good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> if, if you look sm- like a nerd, what's wrong with that? Bad. What's wrong with that? Okay, I'm, I'm going to give let's, you a hypothetical. Let's give us a let's hypothetical. There's okay. some good-looking nerds out there. Yeah, sure, tons. I mean, I get it. Like, if you like into, you know, the porn with girls with glasses, whatever, good for you. <laughs> I didn't, but that's I'm just not saying, what I said. Yeah, that's don't, what you said. Don't, don't, why, why? Oh, because now we're on the, on the, on uh, why, 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 the podcast why, why, and we're live. Don't be that just, guy. Don't, don't, don't do this. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I don't know what you're into. Okay, so Alameda Research CEO. Uh-huh. She looks like a nerd. Not an attractive variant. Mm-hmm. Right? Doesn't sound that smart. <laughs> like if you heard her she doesn't sound smart i don't know if she's smart or not right looks kind of nerdy doesn't sound smart you would call her a nerd though right right not so good i would not call her a nerd elon musk not necessarily good looking nerdy i'd sleep with him <laughs> yeah for a whole lot of other reasons i'm in yeah. sold i mean we're, we're gonna yeah. get into him later no you're gonna Pause. get into him later yeah are you gonna get <laughs> no, into no, him no, later not me i'm i'm gonna discuss him later you can <laughs> okay, get into him later yeah, of course of <laughs> yeah. course but our, our boy dr dr doom noriel rubini Rubini. <laughs> he got into it nice. he got into it the back and forth with our, our cz uh ceo of uh Binance. oh i saw the headline i didn't see what they said yeah. to each other. so what he said he said he looked at, he looked at him he basically was he was saying the same thing that you know they're corrupt that they're being looked into for oh he uh, said that two cz this is on so, a stage, so, right? This is like a, a stage on a stage, and there's a uh, you know they're being looked into for the money laundering with so it was Iran. Some conference or something, right? Some conference, right? He and, said and, this and, to him, and he, and he goes, he goes, you know what? Bro, this- wait, 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 hold on a second. Wait, 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 light bulb moment. If he said all this shit to him on a stage, this anonymous source of mine is full of shit. <laughs> He's like, well, man, this is-. no, but he this said it. Dude. He said it on a stage, and he goes, "There's uh, um, the seven C's of crypto. Ready for him? Seven C's. There's seven C's to crypto. Okay, concealed." Corrupt, crooks, criminals, con men, carnival barkers, and CZ. 
Wow. Uh, shit, there's a lot yeah. to unpack. Carnival so, Barkers? Carnival Barkers. If you don't know what that is, it's a person who attempts to attract patrons to entertainment events such as a circus or unfair by exhorting passing members of the public. So somebody at a carnival who barks at you to come join the ride. Yeah. Come on, man. Get over here. This is fun. Do they call themselves Carnival Barkers? No, man. But it's like, have you ever been to... Is that derogatory? It's actually a funny story. The first time uh, my wife and I went to New York, we got barked at by some people at a comedy show and they totally sold us. Hey, man. Kevin Hart gonna be here tonight. Oh, they do that back in the back. They used to do that back in yeah. the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, hey man, come on, this is a really good comedy show. You gotta come in. Kevin Hart gonna they be get here a commission. tonight. You know that, right? The door yeah. guys get the commission. Yeah. yeah. Um, and dude, he was trying hard. He's like, I'm like, how much are the tickets? He's like, man, ten dollars a ticket, man. Come on, Kevin Hart's gonna be here tonight. I was like, fucking ten dollars a ticket for Kevin Hart here, fucking take my money. Kevin Hart did not show up that night. <laughs> <laughs> they hope you drink the alcohol. <laughs> yeah, he just you have a good time. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, so that's what a carnival barker is. That, oh God. That was that was a. Uh... Interesting and colorful analogy. I appreciate you. Yeah, sharing. but damn. So apparently, Doctor so, so, Doom and and our boy Charlie, Charlie Munger, they share, they share a lot of similar views. So he said that to him on a stage. Okay, so I need to relook this. I don't know if he said it to him on a stage. No, I saw the picture. They were on, they were on a conference in a state, like on a stage in a conference. Okay, there you like, go. There, so there, I saw the picture of it. I just didn't ever the headline, but I didn't mm-hmm. read the article. Yeah, I don't know, man. Um, looks like the whole crypto space is is in, is in a lot of deep water. And we actually got a question. Uh, that was sent in by one of the listeners, not from the Q and A, but our boy Jake. Shout out to Jake. And this is question. A couple episodes ago, you guys quoted someone saying that there could always be an unknown catalyst to affect the market. What are you guys' thoughts on how this will impact the economy, or will it be a oh, relatively okay. isolated yeah, yeah. to the crypto market? Well, we talked a couple of episodes back that we didn't know what like the, the catalyst was going to be and what the trigger was going to be. And we mm-hmm. made some references to like Lehman Brothers when they went down. Yes. And we told a story about how I went in an interview and the whole thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know if this will be Lehman Brothers-like, but I did read an interesting article, and I, I should have linked it into the show notes, but I didn't realize the question was going to come up, um, talking about how many people had actually had money in cryptocurrency. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot. A lot. And I don't know that this is as bad as like a run on the banks during the Great Recession, mm-hmm. where everybody freaked out, started pulling their money out, and banks got held back. So the banking system's still in place, right? Crypto has wiped out a lot of liquidity in addition to what the Fed's doing. But do I think this is going to be enough to be damaging for everyone? No, I think this is really just symbolic of the good times being over with. I this, agree. This is in my in my mind, this is no different than the influx of Lamborghinis you're going to see in the secondary market. Mm-hmm. It's no different than wash prices coming down. It's no different than the things. You, you remember we were talking originally about. Oh my God! There's a chip shortage, mm-hmm. and cars. Oh God, we're not going to be able to buy cars. There's not going to be any cars there. That came and went, right? There doesn't seem to be a problem now. You're, right. When was the last time you heard that? I mean, I, I guess it could be the Lehman's for the crypto space, just not just not the market in general. Yeah, but right? crypto kind of always needed regulation. Like it, that, this was, bound, the, this was that's, bound to happen. That's the irony. Is everybody in crypto was like, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, we decentralized, no regulation. It's the way to go. It's the future. Now they're like, you know what? Shit, somebody come in here and regulate this shit because it's wild. Right. And, and this is exactly why. This guy was, I mean, look, this this 30-year-old kid amassed. Like, wild, wild west out yeah, here. Yeah, this is crazy. If you look at the, the, the charts that are out there on the internet and do yourself a favor, look at one because it's hilarious. Of all the people and all the money and all the institutions connected to this kid, mm-hmm. it's astonishing. Right. He fooled expert investors he fooled some of the largest funds in the world he fooled individual consumers he got all these people to put their money into into what he was doing at ftx he sold them on this and i would i would say this what's his pedigree right what's his resume your, your parents are law professors that's not you right what did you do that made you so smart mm-hmm. did you build this crazy infrastructure apparently not you had some basic coding. You jumped on the the apex of what was a, a really big thing in creating a, a buy, sell, hold platform. You named it FTX. You got a bunch of people to invest in you because they, they believe in what you... I mean, maybe he's smarter than I, re- I realized. Maybe hindsight is twenty twenty, mm-hmm. But I'm just not impressed. And do I think this is going to impact the, the world the same way a run on, on banks and liquidity did? No. This is not Lehman Brothers. Right. But this certainly is Lehman Brothers for the crypto space. Yeah, yeah. Exactly, but I've, I've I, I think NFTs are largely dead, and I think that cryptocurrency is frankly suffering a great deal right now. It's so funny that we were talking about this the other day. Like, when was the last time we heard anyone talk about NFTs? I saw and a great one today. You know, the one that Justin Bieber bought for one point three million dollars, uh-huh. valued at seventy three thousand dollars right now. That's an L. I see. <laughs> you, sir, caught an L. Yeah. Meanwhile, so I just saw the the ad for I guess Cristiano Ronaldo coming out with his own NFT. I'm like. 
Bro, you missed bro, that. How late on the yeah. bus are you? Yeah, bro, you missed it. Like, did, did, it's, did somebody it's, come, it's coming on, my friend. Nobody in his camp is like, hey, Cristiano, yeah. he's not good. <laughs> yeah. Not good for you. <laughs> is nobody, nobody in his camp saying that? Yeah, come on, man. <laughs> like, like there's got to be somebody who's not a yes man going, it, this is a little uh, bad. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Someone's got to be doing some shit. So many impressions right there. I, I know. Yeah, there was, there was, I, I, heard, I heard a little bit of Russian, which I heard some Italian. True story. If, if I could go back, I think my only real talent in life is I can do voices. You can do voices? Yeah. yeah. I, yeah. I can do voices. I like my favorite one's old Jewish man voice. I might do it a little later on. Okay. But I, not in an anti Semitic way. No, like yeah, 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 yeah. You got to be careful. No, in we're not respectful. Do, actually, in a respectful. I've been to Temple a lot. I love the community. Shout out to all my Jewish no, friends. No, out there. We just won't do it. We're, yeah. we're not doing impressions. No, but I, look, we, we try to find I, can, I can do the old Jewish man voice. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, you're very good. I, I practice a lot. <laughs> I'm not going to do it, though, out of respect. Right. So thank you, Jake. But I will make fun of Arabs all day long. <laughs> <laughs> thank you jake for sending in that question though we appreciate you yeah it's a good question and look we could be wrong on this one this is not what i, I think the problem is going to be frankly if you want to look at this and, and take a deep dive into it you could say that i think binance is by now an anonymous source or not at this point yeah. is under some scrutiny Big time, yeah. they're the number one crypto exchange buy sell hold that's mm -hmm. a problem right I think you're going to see a pivot to if anybody's going to be buying crypto, they're going to go to like normalized known exchanges like Fidelity's in this space. They have they have a buy sell hold platform. Mm -hmm. Robinhood on some level does, and they're very. I, I've been Robinhood. I know their I know their structure. I know their 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 structure like a business and structured well. Yes, and they have oversight, but they're also trading for stocks first and then crypto after that. So that right. that's why the SEC regulation is what really gave them the infrastructure for that. Right. But do I think that's like BlockFi is done? I mean, they're already filing bankruptcy. There's so many people that are attached to people that are, that are done. And I don't, let's be, I don't, you could be Cristiano Ronaldo. Yeah. Okay. And be late to the game. Mm -hmm. But I don't know a single celebrity that would tie their name to a crypto exchange now. Right. Who's exactly. going to do that? Why would you? Yeah. The, I mean, all trust has been thrown out the window. Kim Kardashian got sued for NFT projects. I mean, there's a number of people that got sued. Now Shaq, uh, I mean, Giselle and Tom, Tom Brady. And Tom all, Brady, uh, Larry David. Larry David. All these people getting sued for being attached to a crypto exchange. I'm pretty sure like the crypto. All that's unless you're like rock solid or coming with audited financials for attorneys to look at. I don't think any of these celebrities are going to endorse anybody anymore. No, no, you no. don't want your name dragged through this. I yeah, know, too risque. Not to mention, God, can you imagine if they had to go through discovery and depositions and all that, and how much time that's going to take? I know. Ugh, not good. I mean, I am, that's what I sucks am, about lawsuits. I am, man. I am curious. I'm curious to know like whether these celebrities got paid out in crypto to for those ads, or did they take a check? From my understanding, a lot of them got paid out in crypto, to be honest with you. Yeah. Now, the question is, do they hold on to it? Do they sell it immediately? I would imagine the smart ones sold a good amount, but the rumors are Tom Brady and Zell obviously didn't, and they redoubled down and reinvested. Right. They're the ultimate Ponzi scheme-like couple, right? Yeah. Well, Not only I, did I, I pay they, you in some I, shitty assets, but then you bought more shitty assets. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, but I doubt they knew the, the true intel. Yeah, who did, though? Yeah. I mean, he was he was a wonder child. He was a wonder boy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm gonna go accents all day. Yeah, all day. <laughs> all, all day. day. <laughs> so let's move on from this thing. I don't want to move on. Come on, let's go on to Twitter. I know. I, I want to go on Twitter too, but I want to take a brief pause here. Okay. Say that you were right. I was. Yeah. Oh wow! Look at that. Shut up. You were right, but we took those photos for for the new revised cover. Uh-huh. And as colorblind as you may actually be. Right. The the sh the shirt choice, which I was questioning, looks really good on the new cover. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. As a matter of fact, I sent it to a very well respected friend who's in the social media space and really into marketing and she's on honestly the voice of reason for a lot of the stupid decisions that I make. Mm -hmm. She's like, No, that's dumb. Shut up. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Listen to <laughs> yeah. Right, right. And she was like, the, the, the shirt choice was flawless. And I'm like, damn it. Funny story Funny story about the shirt. You want to know how colorblind I am? You thought it was the same color as mine. Didn't you? Yeah. You, I, I can tell when we got to the studio. And I was so disappointed. Out, I was like, oh, no. You I pulled it out. out. I was like, yeah, that, that's the same same <laughs> shirt as mine. And I'm like, that's that's I, not the same. I, looked at, I, was, I was like, holy shit. I'm, I knew you knew really, as soon as I, I said it. I really, because I, I went to the store. I went, so I went to Nordstrom and I go, I go to the section, right? And I see the shirt, I'm, and I see this this leopard printed shirt. I'm like, it has to be, it has to be this one. There How many different color variations of this shirt are there? There was two, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so I'm like, hey, this is the shirt. So I just picked it up, boom, left with it. So yeah, you know, it worked out though. I mean, we, we don't. I mean, somebody said I posted the photo <laughs> online that we look like a gay couple who found out that they qualify for the first mortgage. Yeah, <laughs> I, can't, I can't believe we got this. And I thought to myself. 
That's exactly what we were going for. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. Thank you for you nailed yeah. it. We're, we're going. We're actually going for Step Brothers, but yeah, uh, you know, yeah, not, not far off. I mean, we the Step Brothers cover. That that could be the alternative there. Right, you know? right. But yeah, so you were right. I misjudged you, despite your color blindness. We had a we had a really good time with that photo shoot. There's more. We took a lot of photos, so there's a lot that's still gonna come out. Yeah, I gotta I gotta edit some myself. Irma did a way better job than I ever will do. But uh, the photos that we used, I think, were good. We got to link her stuff uh, like on the show notes for anybody that to do that yeah we'll do that we'll put we'll put the world's greatest photographer who does all of our stuff in the show notes we'll link her instagram account she has a website obviously but if you want my honest opinion go to her instagram account she um she works with a lot of uh high-end clients that are way better than us you'll you'll yeah. you'll, you'll be asking yourself why, why are these guys there and you won't see us on her page yeah. for, for relatively obvious reasons yeah 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 we're, we're like ew attractive person attractive person to dumbasses yeah yeah, she hated <laughs> it's, us. yeah it's, it's never gonna happen <laughs> She's like, the cover looks great. I'm like, you want me to tell anybody you took the photo? She's like, no. Yeah, yeah, please. Yeah, please please, yeah. please don't, yeah. Yeah, she was upset that we, I think I posted the pictures before they were even edited. Yeah, she was upset. Yeah. <laughs> she's she, like, she, she can you wait till I edit them, please? Yeah, she, she was not happy. About I'm sorry, that. Irma. Yeah. I know you don't listen, but yeah, I'm sorry. She's like, never invite him back. I'm yeah. like, sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> All right, let's talk about how fucked up Twitter is. So Twitter. Uh, so I don't know if you saw that Elon sent out a company-wide memo to everyone, giving them 36 hours, a deadline to click whether they wanted to be part of his new, I guess, hardcore approach. Why are you doing bunny ears? Nobody can see that. Yeah, but it's for me and you. Oh, okay. Well, let me yeah. tell you right now. I, I know you and I are not going to agree on this shit. I like his hardcore approach. Come on, man. Hardcore approach. Okay. So we'll, we'll talk about First it. First of all, I don't find it that hardcore. I think what he's doing is setting proper expectations. But I don't think what I don't think what he expects is that hardcore. I don't know, man. I mean, people in Silicon Valley, right? Yeah, that's right. You stutter over there. You know I'm right. No, no, no. I think... What he what he is accustomed to with people in Silicon Valley, right, are people working long hours. The back like pre pandemic levels, those were like what twelve hour days. People are staying in the offices. Well, for keep that in mind, long. he leads by example. The rumors are anyway that he leads by example and he works hard hours too. No, I know, yeah, yeah. So he does, I, I get that he's not a normal. So Roger Lipson, who was one of the first interviews we did, if you go back and listen to him. It, mm-hmm. It's pre Saeed, PS. Pre, yeah, yeah, it's pre, not pretty good. Pretty good numbers. Everything after him has been ass. <laughs> uh, but but free side and Roger it, it works for some of the the most highest performing people, the most high performing people mm-hmm. in the country. Professional CEOs, executives. It, it's a great kind of look at the psychology of, of success and, and just entrepreneurs in general. One of the things he told me early on about myself was, I. You got to stop expecting people to have the same capacity for work as you do. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I think that we all mess up when we look at one another is, is we expect people to work as much as we do or be capable of working as much as we do. Okay. So if I'm working on a project and I'm putting in 12, 16 hours a day, mm-hmm. and then someone tells me they're exhausted after eight hours a day, mm-hmm. your immediate mindset is, the fuck? Yeah. Who are you? What? I I just work four hours more than you. Right. But the problem is, as humans, that person may, might be like mentally capped. That person physically might not be able to do it. Right. Or they might not have that same level of discipline. And as much as you would think you can instill that on somebody, some of that is just genetic. It, it's it's behavioral like patterns over time. That's just who they are. Well, I think it, what I I think a big part of it is he wants people to get you know behind them and really you know push the company through and believe in him and in his approach, but. I don't think his approach coming into a company, start cracking the whip like this, is good for company morale. No, no, it goes it goes yeah. against every management book I ever read. Yeah, for it, those of you who don't know, I've got uh, most of my education, frankly, is in management. After after my law school, all stuff was all management. Stuff. I can only imagine the morale of the company right now is at an all time low. Yeah, but right? I don't think he cares about morale in the traditional sense. But at some point, you need to for, to scale a company that big. You've yeah. already laid off fifty percent of the employees. But here's the thing: the, the most highest achieving executives, like Jeff Bezos, is another example. Mm-hmm. They run terrible culture companies. Like they, terrible. Their, their employees are never satisfied. Yeah, there's in, constant in turnover mind, too. Yeah, constant turnover. In my mind, personally, mm-hmm. I'd rather make less money mm-hmm. and have a happier corporation where people enjoy working with longevity and tenure and stuff that really matters on a human level. Right. But you'll find that most billionaires do not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're just not wired that it's, way. It's a, it's a numbers game to them. So I got the memo that he sent out and I wanted to read it. Oh, you do have the memo? I got the memo. Oh so my he, God. it's labeled a fork in the road. He, that was the subject line? Yeah. A fork in the road? A fork in the road. Wow. Oh. He, he, he didn't go like like a Robert Frost or something like that? <laughs> T.S. Eliot? No, no. He just went a fork in the road. Wow. 
Going Two roads diverging in empty woods. I chose the one less traveled by, and yeah. that has made all the difference. Yeah, that's too long. He's one is simple. It's short and sweet. You'll you'll find out how short and sweet this is. <laughs> <laughs> Going forward to build a breakthrough Twitter 2.0 and succeed in an increasingly competitive world, we will need to be extremely hardcore. This will mean working long hours at high intensity. What is this? A wad workout? High intensity workouts? What's going on? Only exceptional performance will constitute a passing grade. Twitter will also be much more engineering driven. Why are you yelling at this man? Oh, yeah, because last time I read, you were like, can you like sass it up a little bit? I'm I like, did oh, say you should yeah, sass yeah, it up. Yeah, so I'm trying to sass You're it supposed up? to be sultry. Okay, I'm sultry. Okay. Design and product no, that, management that's not, that's not will it. still no, be no. very important. Report, me, report to me, but those writing great code will constitute the majority of our team and have the greatest sway. At its heart, Twitter is a software and servers company, so I think this makes sense. If you are sure that you want to be part of the new Twitter, please click yes on the link below. Anyone who has not done so by 5 p.m. Eastern Time Thursday, which was a 36-hour window, will receive a three-month severance. Three months? That's not bad. I mean, it's a three-month severance, but damn, you gave everyone 36 hours to decide? Bro, he's got to turn that thing around and make money. He's got loans to pay now. I get it. He's got to turn around to make Billions money. Billions of dollars. But you got, you got this, and you're saying that I need exceptional performance. So if I have a manager that says that, let's, yeah. say, let's say you work for a manager that it, you don't get along with, and they say I'm not exceptional, boom, then I'm going to be out regardless. Okay, let, let me take a contrarian view here, okay? And I really do think this is my view. This man took billions of dollars of his money. Yes. And billions of dollars in debt mm-hmm. to buy a not profitable company that has not done shit for a long time, mm-hmm. that has lost its footing mm-hmm. to Snapchat, to, to Meta, to Instagram. Mm-hmm. They have not been successful. Whatever the fuck they've been doing, their original CEO, Jack Dorsey, stepped away. The board was all fucked up. Mm-hmm. The whole company was in disarray. He buys them anyway. Why should he come in there and expect these people to do good work? He's saying, look, if you're going to do good work, stay fine. He's, at least he's giving them the option. Mm-hmm. Granted, this is after he laid off 50% of the staff. It went from <laughs> 7,500 employees and like 2,900 employees. Right. But, okay, fine. He's saying, okay, the people that are left that I didn't lay off for whatever reason, mm-hmm. right? And you know they try to get rid of some HR problems in that, in that capacity and all that. So whenever they do like a reduction in force, mm-hmm. they'll, they'll try to get... A smart HR director will try to get rid of anybody who might be an HR problem or other issues as well. So you probably said, okay, whoever's left, you're supposed to be the performers. Right. I want you to commit to the performance. Yeah. I think they I think they were, but I mean continuing to crack the whip like this and like let me crack the whip. He's he's done this this is what he's done at Tesla. I'm just saying this like, is what he's done at other SpaceX. Wa- Can you argue with the results? No, there's other there's other ways to go about it, but to give everyone Wait, go a about 36, what? A, you came in, you cut 50% of the staff. The problem right? is if he gives them more time, the people that are there that, that hate him, they're gonna retaliate. And clearly people are retaliating in public on mm-hmm. Twitter itself, which is ironic. Mm-hmm. You know, why would he give them more time to try to fuck over fuck them over and mess with the code? Mm-hmm. For all he knows, there's political well, yeah, sabotage actually, going on. Yeah, well, so it, to go further on that, so after this deadline, I guess he he locked the doors to the the company. Yeah, and he's just like I don't want anyone coming in and sabotaging. So he literally shut off people's badges. Yeah, I I get that. And like I guess hundreds and hundreds of employees didn't respond to the message. Didn't yeah. click yes or no. And I guess those he, are employees who had two jobs. Yeah, <laughs> come on. <laughs> and he's also softened his stance. So I guess he's now open to working remotely. Right, and you only have to you have to come into the office once a month now. He would like for you to come in uh, once a week. Okay, but, but let, now let, he's letting people he's letting people. So work let's from have home this conversation. So many people stood up against it. Okay, you, let's have this conversation. Yeah, you work from home now. Yes, right, right. Through the pandemic, yes, I went in every single day. It was only when the pandemic was coming to an end that I started to try a little bit work from home. Right, I started for a couple of weeks. Maybe it's because I was working out of the garage, but not the most ideal set of circumstances. Hot, right. That it didn't really work for me. And to this day, even though I can work remote, I'm in the office every single day. Every single day. Now, the liberties that I take instead of that are some days I'll get in like a little bit earlier. Some days I'll get in a little bit later. Right. Like today I got it at 930. That's a later day for me. Right. Right. And some days I'll leave at like 330 or 4 o'clock because I want to go work out. Right. So I take my liberties elsewhere, but I'm constantly working on the clock. I have a mobile phone also that's attached to my email. Right. You'll also show up on the weekends and you'll be there. Oh, yeah. I'm constantly like working on people like yeah. When we're converging or they're going through conversion or anything. Yeah. yeah it sounds like you're taking part in the conversion. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah. So I, and that, that's, that's my job. But I do expect people to work hard. Yeah. I'm not saying not to work hard. That's not what I said. Right. But, but I mean, but I'm, here, I'm, I'm thinking about company morale, like team morale. Let me tell you this much. Morale. Mm-hmm. You remember when we used to go in the office together? Yes. 
how much fun did we all have at the office together and how much more interaction did we have? Right. But that also people, I know we were all working hard, right? But people weren't standing over you saying like, I need you to work hardcore. This needs to be but he's not high saying that, okay. dude. That's what he said. No, he's saying I need you to be hardcore. This is gonna be this is gonna be high intensity. He's not gonna stand over behind somebody. He's not, he's not like having managers with whips rolling down the aisles and shit like that. He's not like <laughs> caning people. Bro, well, here's the here's the question. How are he's they, saying I want you to be I want hard workers here. Well, That's here's, what I want. But here's the they question. Could have better. How are they, how are they supposed to know that? Because they're not idiots. They, what they, they, you got to imagine. Remember, this is the guy that just came in and cut fifty percent of the staff, and he's already said publicly that he's not going to be running the company. He's going to step back at some point in time. Yeah. So endure. Mm-hmm. No, and here's so here's the other thing. Okay, so he's giving employees stock now, mm-hmm. like he does at SpaceX, but they're a private company. How does that work? I don't know. Right. But if you're an employee, you could also look at this as a, as a positive, right? Yes, you're going to have to work harder mm-hmm. than you had to work before. There are some employees in this company who are going to say, "Finally, everybody else has to work to my level now." Of course, there's going to be some okay? of those employees, right? And there's some employees that are the bottom feeders that are going to be like, "I'm not doing this." Yeah, I'm I think. Just... I think the message that ultimately gets sent is like. Those those of you that want to have that work life balance, this ain't it. All right, y'all need to he go. Didn't say that though. No, but that's clearly the message. I mean, those people that are going to work hardcore hours, and he wants you to be super intense. Like that. That means I need you to put this first. Okay, that's the message that I got from no, it. I'm fine. Okay, let, let's say that's true. Mm-hmm. SpaceX, crushing it. Yeah. No, I'm not saying Tesla, he's, not, he's crushing it. No, I'm not saying he doesn't. He's not a visionary. Argue with his results. No, I'm not saying he's not a visionary. Of course, he's a visionary. But I don't think this was this is the right approach. Let me tell you why I think the new Twitter is going to be a good thing. Okay. Let me, oh, tell, let me tell you. Remember, those other companies he started. He did not come in and take over. Which is an entirely different animal. I'll give you that. Right. And I, I hate giving you any credit. Yeah. But I'll give you that one. So let, let me put let me put it to a different context. Okay. So I understand that that we think this is bad because he's taking away a lot of the tech sector benefits and driving home a different mindset than most people in tech have. Mm -hmm. But what I will say is I've been to Google's campus. I've been to Facebook's campus. Yes. All those luxuries and freedoms that are there, Mm -hmm. those are designed to keep you there working hard. They want you coming in the morning for breakfast. They want you working out there. They want you showering there, going back to work there. Mm -hmm. Most people that I know in these places wind up working a whole hell of a lot more than eight hours a day. That's that's my point. Right. You have those yeah. fringe benefits that were designed to keep you there. And it all sounded sexy and everything else. It also allowed them to pay you less. Right. But they're but what they're also doing is by doing that, you are working much longer, right? So you're putting in more hours a yeah. day. But it's not being embedded in your mind and engraved that this is hardcore. It's just happening. It's almost like a byproduct. Yeah, but that that's just a buzzword. Like people are hanging too hard onto it. Well, I mean, he's, I mean, you gotta you gotta think if you if you look at all these things in a vacuum, right? You're coming in, cutting fifty percent of the staff, and then you're also gonna be start cracking the whip. Hey, you got to answer to this okay. within thirty six hours. So, it's like, so yo, me, bro, yo, on chill, on. chill, chill. You just got here. I was the one here that built the company to where it is. And look, there's a lot of people who left. So, from my understanding, there's a whole team of people who did not want to go out for this. They're calling it Twitter 1.0 and 2.0, right? Mm-hmm. This is Twitter 2.0. A lot of people don't want to be there. Entire teams of like really essential coders, which I'm not supposed to say, engineers. Yeah, software engineers, engineers, software engineers, software developers. Software engineers and developers are, are no longer there. Yes. And as a result, they don't know how some of these core functions are going to happen. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's certainly going to be some pain. Right. And I'll tell you, I get that. But what I will tell you was exceptional mm-hmm. was... In my mind, Twitter is is related to this fake news thing. And I'm not this is not me like trumping in Republican Party. I'm just saying like there are lots of bots on Twitter. Mm-hmm. There are lots of people who use Twitter, foreign actors and states that weaponize it against us to put fake news out there to get people to, to read it. And it's not just Twitter. But Twitter was really, really, really bad. And we know the bot history with Elon Time take it over. Okay. Right. So all that being said, I've been very hesitant to look at Twitter for any news and get any updates. And then this last week, I've been all over Twitter listening to updates on on FTX. And I'd never gotten into Twitter spaces before to listen. Mm-hmm. And I've been listening to Twitter spaces on some of the new stuff. And they've been calling it peer journalism or something like that. Public journalism. Public journalism. Okay. And at first I thought, say, ha ha, corny, whatever, another made up word, like democratization, like whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. But it wasn't that. And then you got Anthony Scaramucci who calls in. You got. But this is something that, that Elon put in place? No, 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 no. Twitter space has always been there. It's okay. basically people can put together a room like Clubhouse and people can talk, right? Okay. But what they did is is they weaponized this to get people with, familiar with the situation to call in 
mm-hmm. and talk about what they knew that was going on at FTX. And this wasn't being done before? This is the first time? It was being done before on some level, but it it wasn't in a journalistic structure. Oh, okay. It was just people talking about, usually before it was like people talking about NFT projects to create buzz, or they were talking about crypto projects to create people to buy them. And, Almost like and people jumping on like an IG live and discussing something. Right, but this wound up being like a clubhouse type scenario on Twitter spaces mm-hmm. uh, where people were literally calling in telling people what they know about FTX and they were getting verified through people who were running the space. There was like four or five moderators and they were verifying and people worked there, employment, stuff like that. Mm. But it was this, this consumer variant of the news, right? It was the public doing their own journalistic like efforts and it wasn't bots. These are people talking that you could verify that they looked at their Twitter, they looked at their Instagram, their social media, they Googled them, they found out information, they request information. So now you cut out this media bias Mm-hmm. And you let people openly talk to one another. And there was certainly a lot of disagreements. There was heated conversations. People getting off on expletive filled rage. He's got a little Jerry Springer's there a little bit. And this guy ran this for days. Mm-hmm. Wasn't sleeping. Ran around the clock. Moderators were you know, scheduling sleep. It was amazing. Wow. That's the future of Twitter. Yeah. Is you have this public journalism where you can cut out. And that's what Elon Musk sees. That's that's what he's going for. Yeah, yeah. I get that. He, and I want him to go for that. that value. It, you know how much I would love to be able to see like something on the news and go, I wonder if that's real. And then log on to like Twitter yeah, and, and hear people actually respond to it who were there. So I don't have to listen to the media as asking questions and framing it in a segment or an article or, or having, I want to listen to it live or having to Google and maybe get, you know, bias confirmation. Yeah, I don't want that confirmation bias either yeah. way. It's cool. Yeah, yeah. It's cool. It's cool. You know, hey, <laughs> don't do that. Bias confirmation. Don't do that. Whatever, bro. Yeah, I, let a, I let a few slip back there. Don't, there's, don't, been don't a lot, do there's been a lot of slippage, bro. <laughs> I, was just, yeah. I don't know whether it's getting too comfortable in the podcast. In the beginning, I was super proper. Yeah. Hello and welcome to the higher standard. Yeah. And now I'm just like, yeah, the higher standard. Yeah. Chris, that's it's tight. your boy. It's your boy. Yeah. It's your boy, man. It's all it's all weird now. But so I, I see what is what's going on with Twitter. And I'm sitting there like, thinking to myself, like, this is valuable. If if he can continue to push the bots out mm-hmm. and if he can continue to keep the, the platform running, which is a big if right now, right. that's why he made the comment about bankruptcy still on, still on the table. On the table, it is. Yeah, I know because that that see I, that I was OK with. Why are you okay with that? He's threatening people to lose their, all of their no, jobs. He, he's, like, he's like, look, we got to be that. It was like he, he's just being openly honest that we have to make money in order to survive. Right. So. If I have to, we if if it doesn't make money, we're gonna have to go bankrupt. That's fine. But coming in and telling people you got thirty six hours to, I've already fired half your friends at the company. They're no, all gone. We, we didn't like George and Filing, bro. He was <laughs> George and Filing and his red and his red stapler. Man, yeah. fuck out of here. My red stapler, like a Disney game tire. I watched that over the weekend. Why? It's so good. It's so good. One of my favorite. Uh, I always used to quote that. Um, I'm gonna need you to come in on Saturday. Mm. Yeah. Uh, lumber. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Elon Musk. Yeah, <laughs> I can agree with you on one thing. You haven't you haven't said it, but I know is what you're getting at. It is the biggest problem what Elon Musk has done so far is he has not articulated himself well. Mm-hmm. He has not articulated himself as a leader who cares about his employees. He's articulated himself as a man who bought a company and cares about his bottom line. Yes, and he made that very clear. That is hard to. If you don't endear yourself to your employees, they're not going to want to work hardcore for you right if he would have came in and been like look i know i'm considered a very wealthy person but i've got a lot of personal reputational risk on this i've got a lot of money financially invested right there's a lot of you here who i know do not like me but i want to collaboratively find a way to work together and then you say something like hey you guys created an amazing platform right what you guys have done here is is really incredible i haven't heard any of that but your management your board let you down by not taking this and number one, making it profitable, and number two, maximizing its potential. Now, some of that goes without being said, because look, I like I bought the company for forty four, however much, right? Forty four. It doesn't go without being said. The problem is you can't, you can't, as you got, a billionaire, you put yourself in the mindset of the individual who's right. working for you. Right. You have to tell them what they need to hear. Exactly. They have to be motivated to work. And the problem is he's not motivated in the work. He's doing. He's doing the the classic rich asshole thing. Mm-hmm. I know you need a job. Yeah. Motherfucker. Do you want to work here or not? Yeah, exactly. That's what he's doing. Yeah. I right? Know. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. The culture is completely gone. Who wants to work for somebody like that? It's okay, fine. I'm going to click yes. I'm going to look for another job in the meantime. I get it. There's not a whole lot of employment out there right now, but I'm going to try to find something. My nephew wanted to work for him. Incredibly bad. 
So we got some time. I'm gonna let's end the show on the story. Oh, we got one more thing that we teased last time that we're gonna have to bring up after this. We do? Yeah. You teasing stuff now? We did on the last one. Can you remind me what it was? Yeah. Mike Tyson. Oh shit, that's a good story. Yeah. Oh yeah. man. Okay, well that's gonna be a long story, so I'll cut this in short. My nephew is the reason why I started social media, why part of the reason why we started the podcast. Really? Yeah. Um, I didn't know this. He called me one day and he, he's a smart kid, incredibly mm-hmm. smart. He came to this country uh, a little bit later. He was like in his late like elementary school ages. Oh, okay. And uh, he learned English and went to UCLA, got an engineering degree. I think it was a master's or something. I mean, he's, he's a smart kid. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's had, he, had a, he, was a member, he was part of the DACA program to get here. His mom was single when he came over. Wow. And he's had a real tough childhood. But he's incredibly brilliant. And he, uh, he has spoken to me a long time because of this. But one of the conversations I had with him is, is he was telling me that he had bought an online course from uh, a real estate guru. Oh, no. And I looked him up. Mm-hmm. He had no pedigree, no credentials, no nothing. All he had was a big following on social media. And I was, I was, pretty, I was pretty frustrated. Right. But rather, rather than like yell or do something stupid like that, I said, look, man, like, this is what I do for a living. This is my background. This is what I do every day at the bank. Maybe, maybe you didn't know. Right. I said, but he's not even a broker, you know, and I've got this, I got that. I should explain it to him and say, so get your money back. I will teach you how to do all of this and show you the way. Right. And he called me arrogant and jealous of Uh, that guy. You know what? And what's sad about that is what, People get sold on these pipe dreams, you know, by all these influencers. And they think because they have this following that they're trustworthy. But the people that really know these spaces, right, are not out there flexing it. They're not. The, the people that really know, that have been around a long time. I, and I think they're, they might be willing to share that information with you. But they're not mm-hmm. going around telling everybody, look what I did. Look what I know. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's unfortunate. To this day, man, I might talk. In, in, in all honesty and all truth, I might talk about some of the stuff that I do on the show for education purposes. Right. But I, I'm not out there flat. I live in a very modest home. Yeah. I drive a very modest car, despite I've got two very not so modest cars, but, I, I, you know, right. modest lifestyle, right? I'm not dra- wearing designer clothes. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I don't even wear my suits anymore. My fat boy suits are still not done. Mm-hmm. But, and I, I learned a long time ago that that was not the way to wealth. Right. So anytime somebody's out there flexing like that, I'm yeah. thinking, you're not wealthy. It may, yeah. I know that. Right. My, you're just not. My BS detector goes off. Yeah, because I look, I, I know th- there's, a, there's a, a component of your life when you get to a certain uh, plateau. Uh, well, here, I'll finish the story on that later. But So my nephew and I got into a heated conversation because he was being insulting, and I basically told him to fuck off. Hmm. But he, he always worshipped Elon Musk. He wanted to go work hard for him. Got a job working for him. Got relocated from, like, I think it was like Arizona to, to, to Texas. Mm-hmm. And it was laid off. Still loves Elon Musk. Thinks he's a genius. Yeah. Works for Blade now as an engineer or something. Like that. Yeah. Oh, no. No one's saying he's not a genius. Okay. He's a visionary. Yes, he is a genius. I'm just but... saying some people want to work hard for the guy. Some yeah. people just want to be part of whatever ecosystem he's involved in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. I know some people that literally only bought bought a Tesla car because of him, not because they like yeah, the car. This, this kid, he was renting a Tesla before he could afford one because he was that much of a fanboy. Yeah. And maybe he sees something that I don't. Maybe he's incredibly smart. It goes back to, I think we've talked about it several times over the show. That, you know, people will ultimately find something to be tribal about. It will always come back to is that. our tribal facial hair. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, when, actually, is, when is the last time you actually shaved? Dude, like I, all of it. All, uh, at my wedding, almost ten years ago. Yeah, that was the last time you you did shave for your wedding. I did shave my wedding. Why did you? Yeah, people were very upset about that. Why? Why, why, why did, did you, you do that? I was just like I'm never going to shave again. This will be the last time, and it'll, it'll be the only time I ever wear a bow tie. So let's just do it all. Look good in the bow tie, though. The bow tie looked good. Yeah, it, it was not a bad look for you. Yeah. Wore tux, got a bow tie, shaved. Good. Wife was obsessed. Said, Why'd you shave? Yeah, I, I I look very bad when I shave. Yeah, me too. It's, it's not a good look. I look I look a lot younger, but anyways, um, yeah, people get tribal about that kind of stuff, man. I don't know. They'll find a way. <sighs> well, 
The Mike Tyson story is going to be a long one. You want to jump in? Yeah. So I saw this. I know. And then once I looked into it, I was like, man, I, I, this shows you that I wasn't on social media because this should be apparently been out and yeah. known for a while. But this mm-hmm. is news to me. So maybe it's news to other people. Apparently. So you remember that boxing match that him and Evander Holyfield had where uh, bit his ear off. Tyson bit his yeah. ear off because he, he, he was he was losing. Do you know the backstory behind that, too? Why he did that? He was saying that throughout the fight, Holyfield was was ducking and coming up and headbutting him. Yeah, yeah. He was getting headbutt. He was getting headbutt. And he said he's, he started seeing spots and flashes and he couldn't see right. And he got frustrated and he kept telling the ref and the ref wasn't saying anything. Yeah. So he said, fuck it. You're not going to do anything? All right, I'm going to bite his ear off. So he bit, literally bit a piece of his ear off for people that, that like don't a, know. Like a bite, bite mark out of his ear. Yeah. yeah, bite mark out of his ear. Now, years and years later, they're, I guess, friends again. Or they're friends now. And they're going to start a, um, a gummy, an ear gummy, edible. So Tyson has Tyson Ranch, and he's really big in the marijuana space. Yes. And he's a big marijuana advocate, and he's a nice big, guy. And a big mushroom advocate. Is he mushroom advocate? I did not. Yeah, no. huge. Yeah. So the way I found out about this was, was it a year ago, I think? Maybe a little longer than that? Mm. I, was, um, I, was on, I was on a flight. I can't remember where I was coming from, where I was going to, but I was by myself. And it was, it was work-related. and. I was dressed in a suit, the whole thing, and it was super cold. We flew into Arizona, uh, Sky Harbor. Mm-hmm. And um, I have had terrible experiences at the airport. Terrible experiences there. Okay. Like missing flights and everything else. Yeah. And I had the last flight leaving their airport going into John Wayne. I've actually had to sleep in Sky Harbor before. Ugh. There's homeless people on the outside. It, it's not a good experience. Like yeah. I, It was, it was yeah. a bad set of circumstances for me. So I, I just did not want to do that again. Mm-hmm. We landed, and we landed late. We were on the runway waiting for a plane to get out of our gate. We were just sitting there. Meanwhile, the boarding for my flight's already started. We haven't even pulled into the into the gate yet. Right. And I'm like, fuck. Right. Right as we're pulling into the gate, they changed the gate of my next flight to being instead of like two gates over from where I'm at, mm-hmm. to another terminal. Right. And I don't know if you've ever been to Sky Harbor. It's a fucking trek from like terminal A to C. Right. So I just dart out. I got my backpack. It's all the only luggage I have. And I'm not dressed for this, but I just fucking run. Wow. Bolting. I'm just running across. I get there as they're closing the door. Wait! Wait! The whole, like, old, like, every movie scene you can ever imagine somebody getting there, right? Right. They're literally closing the door. The lady's like, I don't know if we can get down there. Get down there. Go, 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 go. I get down there. Wait! I'm yelling. I'm yelling. Then she opens it. I run in, right? Mm-hmm. She's like, wow, you, you look like you've been running. I'm sweating profusely now, right? <laughs> yeah. I'm in first class. I'm in the in the front seat, right in the front right. Yeah. Right? Of course you are. Yeah. And um, this is a 737, so it's not like real first class. It's just like, like luxury upgraded like economy. Right. But it's like a normal economy seats, and you can see. Right. To my left, there's some guy. And then to the left of him in the corner, there's another guy with big feet wearing white uh, New Balance shoes. And I saw his New Balance shoes. But I, I didn't have my glasses on. Mm-hmm. And I'm exhausted, and I'm sweating my asshole yeah you just try to get sit down and catch a breath sit down and try to catch a breath right i sit down and i'm I'm like rubbing my head i'm like oh shit oh my god oh my god like i'm i'm like i just want to get on this plane i want to get home i want to see my son and my wife and these two kids come up from the back of the the plane and they're trying to talk to the guys across from me and across the aisle right and i hear this guy say yeah yeah when we got the plane we got the plane i'll take care of you we'll go plane. i'll take care of you just just go sit down go sit down with you can't leave until you sit down right so i was like all right whatever I'm exhausted. I haven't slept well. I'm not feeling great. Yeah. I'm sweating my ass off. I'm buckling in. I'm still holding on to my backpack. And this thing, the plane's backing out. And the two guys that, that were there, they switched seats for some reason. I don't even know. Mm-hmm. And this dude taps me on the shoulder. Hey, man. Hey. You, hey, hey, man. You need to calm down, man. I look over. It's fucking Mike Tyson. <laughs> Telling you to calm down. Telling me to calm down. High as shit. Yeah, you just set my heart rate through the roof. So this this was I remember this was the weekend of Super Bowl, and he was going to a Super Bowl party in uh, in L.A. Oh, okay. And I think his like wife or somebody was picking him up in in Orange County. Uh huh. And he he was offering everybody those those gummies. These ear gummies. He had he had the gummies. He was offering the stewardess everybody gummies. Yeah, has CBD in them, right? Yeah, it's you know marijuana. It's THC. It has THC in them too. It's THC in them too. Oh wow. So he was high. He was high shit. He was like giving them off on the airplane. Who wants them? He was giving them out. He was like, you want some of them? Like, he couldn't have been more gracious and nice to me. He offered me one. was, was like, you need to call him. Here, you stressed out. You, never, you want to have one of these. 
He was so unbelievably kind. Are you allowed to take carry that shit on a plane? I don't think he gets, he's fucking Mike Tyson. Who you tell him no? <laughs> exactly. But I'll say this much. I, so this is actually the second time. So my dad's friend growing up was his bodyguard. No way. A guy named Hassan. I don't know. I think he may have died, but. Or Hassan. Hassan, yeah. I mean, yeah. If, if you're. Hassan. 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 I'm pretty sure most of our audience is not Iranian <laughs> yeah. or Afghan. Yeah, yeah. Okay? But we can, we can pronounce it right. That's Hassan. His name is Hassan. Yeah, okay, whatever. So anyway, he was a bodyguard for him, and, and th- th- that was the first time I met him as a kid. Yeah. So I reminded him of that, and he was like, oh, yeah, he was my guy, blah, blah, blah. Like, he was so nice, remembered everything. He's like, I remember you had a bowl cut. And I'm like, I did. What the hell? It was really, and this was like in the 80s, like early 80s. Yeah. Right? This is like 89. Right. No, late 80s, sorry. Yeah, no, late 80s. But 89, 88, 89. And, um, and he remembered me, and it was the whole thing. It was weird. He was no super C- nice. No CTE for fucking Mike Tyson or what? No, he's sharp, bro. I mean, he, he was a little bit like, I, I hear rumors that he's out of it, and his wife's in his ear when he did his like, one-man show, but he was so incredibly kind and connected. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was also high as shit, but I mean, right. I wasn't exactly in the best frame, frame of reference. So, this, so the kids that came up were asking for his autograph. Right. And true to his word, when we got off the plane, he literally waited. He got off the plane first because he was in the front row with me. Right. Said goodbye to me and waited for those kids to come and take photos with him and like sign autographs. Fucking nice guy. Like, he just wait. I couldn't believe it. He just waited. Like, he was what? off the plane. He could have just dipped. Nobody would have said a word. What a stud, dude. Right? This was a week before, mind you. He beat the shit out of that guy on the other plane. Oh, yeah. Well, that guy, a lot of people came out and said that, that guy deserved it. Apparently, he was fucking with them for like five minutes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but that goes to show you, man. I mean, you could be a nice guy your entire life, do constant acts of kindness like this, and then people see one bad thing, like you biting someone's ear off, and be like, "He was incredible." Just write kind, you man. off. You're, you're the most terrible human being of all time. I, I couldn't, I couldn't believe that he. The last flight in John Wayne, you know, when you get in John Wayne, there's like nobody there, right? He could have completely just left. And he was on the phone with his wife when, when he landed, saying, mm-hmm. "Oh, you guys out front? I stopped. I have signed some stuff for some kids. I'll be there." Yeah, I, I mean, it was, it was. I was like, "Wow!" Like so this is cool, a guy man. who. And like a week later to see him like like punching somebody in the plane. Yeah. I told my wife, I'm like, this is, somebody had to fuck with him. He's not that. That's not that, him. That's not him. Man. It's I thought what was really cool about this is how they could spin it and leverage something, something that was negative and he was portrayed as like this brutally terrible person and now flip it into something awesome where they can profit off of. I know a lot of people make fun of him for his voice and like his his history, but if you've actually listened to some of the stuff that he's he's done, like podcasts and stuff. Yeah, I man, he's like a like a true philosopher. Well, he loves history. Yeah, he loves a history. Huge history buff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Huge history buff. So he'll talk for hours about like the history of war. Yeah, he, I think he's a huge fan of like Genghis Khan. Not a fan, but you know, like yeah, he went so far over my head in the conversation with him. I was just like, uh, okay. Yeah, citing shit. I want. Like, I want. Yeah, I want to fact check them. I'm like, what the yeah. fuck? You're Can you imagine pictures? being him though? Like when when he was young and he had Gus, you know, bringing him up and all that stuff. Oh, yeah. and he was being mentored. Mm-hmm. The whole world had their eyes on him. He was like in his twenties. Yeah. His name is Cuss, but it's okay. Is it Cuss? I thought it was yeah, Gus. No, it's Cuss. Gus? That's the model. That's the model. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Shame Gus, Gus. I can't man. let that one go. The problem is he's a little lift, so it sounds like Gus. <laughs> Gus. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So uh, now that we've made fun of like one of the most badass people in the yeah, world. Yeah, that will <laughs> never be invited on this podcast. You have to smoke weed when you're on this podcast. None of us smoke weed. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> that's going to be difficult for me. I can... <laughs> yeah. I can contact high from walking in the room. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, I might pony up just to, just for him. I'll do it for us. I wouldn't. I'd fall asleep in two minutes. I'll do it. It's fine. I've I'll tried marijuana asleep. like twice in my whole life, like maybe three times. Maybe, maybe. I don't know. Not a good experience I don't know if I want to fall asleep around Mike Tyson. It's not a good experience. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I am not that guy. I don't know how people do it. Yeah. Neither uh, do I. I. Caffeine and alcohol, I'm good. Yeah. Exactly. Not, not at the same time. Right. Well, unless you have a Fort Loco. They still selling those things? Yeah. They're not as high. They used to be like <laughs> back in the day. They used to be like like four cups of coffee. On top of like an energy drink, and then like it was, it was insane. You find how much caffeine and alcohol was in that can't be good. For it, it was, it was like a heart attack in a can. Yeah, I'm sure, it. I'm sure a lot of people had heart attacks. I loved it. Yeah, yeah, I was, I was yeah. that guy. Just oh, let's take one down, bro. Hey, stop at the store. I got to get a four loco. Yeah. It's class, 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 class. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're gonna need one of those. You work at Twitter now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was a good tag. Yeah. Way to bring him back. <laughs> Way to bring him back. And now it's come to time to say goodbye. Appreciate you, everybody. Now leave a five star review. Honestly, uh, why'd you do that? We said we weren't going to do that anymore. No, we said you weren't going to do that anymore. Oh, okay. Besides, if they yeah, listen this far yeah. in the episode, they're committed. I know. If you I listen s- to this point, you don't leave a five star review. You're a terrible person. I want everyone to know now that Chris is taking over. My success rate on requesting for five star reviews was so bad. He's like, you need to stop. This is this is now. This is getting embarrassing. Yeah. And plus, you sounded very like. How do I say this nicely? Um, like a douchebag. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. Leave me. That was, sir, that, was, that was hurtful. Yeah. It was hurtful. It was supposed to be hurtful. Yeah. yeah. That's how we're going to end the show. Good okay. night, everybody. Good night. I hope you enjoyed today's conversation on the Higher Standard Podcast. Make sure to hit subscribe or follow on whatever platform you are listening to this on. If you like this episode, please write a review and share it with us. You're getting the show up and running right now, so every message, every review, and every note counts. This show exists to showcase what's possible when leaders decide to uphold a higher standard for their businesses, their investments, their families, and most importantly, themselves. If you want to see more of my content, I post daily on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. So be sure to follow me on your favorite social media platform. And with that, it is a wrap. And as always, I look forward to hanging with you all on the next episode.